0: Testimony. Somebody stand up and tell me when you got saved. Alan, would you turn this up? It's apparently not. Is everybody in here backslid? Somebody stand up and testify for Jesus when you got saved. Amen. 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 Are we ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Okay. Well, if you think there's not a little work left to do, and and, and surely you've got over... You're not giving your age, right. Okay. Thank you, Dave. <clears throat> there is work to do. When you look at this election, there's a lot of lives that need to be turned to Jesus. And if you're waiting for the rapture, you need, you need to get over that. That's Lord getting me out of here and let everybody else go to hell is what that is. We're waiting for the restoration of all things, and our king's going to come back. You can put up that scripture in uh, Daniel. <clears throat> you remember this. I quote it occasionally. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. He has set it up. And the kingdom will not be left for other people. It will crush and put an end to all those kingdoms but it itself will endure forever it's an everlasting kingdom lord thank you and you remember isaiah 9 6 7 says the government is upon his shoulders and let me tell you it's ever increasing and that's the kingdom that's going to crush all other kingdoms every knee that doesn't bow Every knee that doesn't bow. You've got friends, you've got family that hadn't bowed to Jesus. Psalms 24, verses 3 and 4. It says, Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in His holy place? It's a good question, isn't it? A couple of questions. He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, has not sworn deceitfully. We've been talking about discipleship. What what is a disciple? Well, we've been disciples. You can be a disciple of a lot of things. There was a lot of political disciples. You can be, uh, I've been discipled by men in business. You've been discipled by a lot of things but a disciple of Christ those men walked with him for three and a half years and you know what they still argued over who was the greatest because they weren't born again Jesus hadn't died yet but the old nature is what it is it always wants to rise up But our God is setting up a kingdom and he's looking for those who will follow him, who will walk with him. Can you imagine those guys just, they left their boats, they left their livelihood and just followed Jesus. There was just something about him. (coughs) Excuse me. When we meet him, we'll want to follow him. You're here today because you want to follow him. But there's some basic fundamentals of Christianity. And much of the church world don't know those. Much of the church world has given up on those. There's a lot of the church world of people in church today throughout all the world that are really not born again. I told you a story or two about that last week. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I want to read part of that. And Paul says, when I came to you, brother, I did not come with superiority of speech or wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God. Now, Paul's a man that at one time was somebody. He was a high muckety-muck in the church. He was a Pharisee. He was a learned man. And yet he was the one killing Christians, putting them in jail. Because there was a change happening. Angie said, God's out of the box. November of 88, we had the first meeting with 14 people. Angie and Mariah was in a basket. And I preached that God was out of the box. Let me tell you, he's always out of the box. And if you've got him in a box, he's a big tricker. He showed up and changed a Christian killer and said, let me show you what you're going to suffer for me. And you're going to follow me. You talk about a reluctant astronaut. He, he was in a way. But yet, you know, it said for three days he didn't eat or drink. Can you, you, you talk about running into something that changes your world. Lord, we need to run into you like that. We need to. And he said, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He's all we need. My message, my preaching were not in persuasive, elegant words of wisdom. He's talking about worldly wisdom. And Christians, it's easy for us to be satisfied with worldly wisdom, and that is not godly wisdom. But it was in, he had carried with him a demonstration of of the Spirit and power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And he goes on to talk about this wisdom, the wisdom that was hidden from the rulers. He said, if they had understood this wisdom, they would not have crucified Christ. But verse 9 says, Things which I have not seen ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man all that God has prepared for those that love him does anybody love him I tell you there was two or three people testified what's wrong with us where is a God that lives within us that I don't know come on amen brother Gerald I want to see those things I hadn't seen. I want to hear those things. I want to hear God say some things. Don't you? Don't you get tired of being an echo? Don't you want to hear God say something to you? There's the decision in every person in your, in your life today that you've got something you really wish you had a word from God on. If not, your back's backslidden if you're not trusting God, if there's not something you're, you're facing that you just need the mind of God on. Lord, how do we walk through this? Lord, what do you want to do about this situation? What about this election? Well, I think Angie summed that up. He said, you know what? Peter said, what about John? or Or vice versa. He said, what's that to you? You just follow me. Let me tell you, everybody and your best friends, even other people that really know the God, they don't always hear what you hear. They're not called to do what you do. And you're separated. He's going to stretch you. He's going to get you out. If there is a box, he's going to get you out of it. But the wisdom of God is a mystery, and God has revealed it unto us by His Spirit. As we think of the cross and desire to be conformed to Him, ask God to plant the cross in your heart. The cross is the greatest of mysteries. We we forget about the price God paid on the cross. We forget about the tragedy of the cross But yet the redemption of the cross. Colossians 1.20 says, Having made peace through the blood of His cross. And I I love this. I got studying it out again last night. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So I think you could summarize that statement. The cross is the power of God. The cross is the power of God. And it's been said particularly about uh, charismatics that sometimes we come to the cross, but we want to go on through the cross, and yet we never get too old or too learned to repent and come back to the cross. The cross is a vital part of our salvation, of who we are. But it's foolish to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, oh, I, I thought we were saved. Well, it says you're saved, but you're being saved and you will be saved. It's a ongoing process. If you're not gaining on it, you're, you're backslid. If you're not gaining, if you can't draw a line from this Thanksgiving where you were last year, you ought to be able to see you're gaining. And yet, God doesn't manifest Himself to us. You know, He don't just tap us on the shoulders and give us a lot of attaboys. But others can probably see God working in your life more than you see it yourself because he manifests himself through you instead of through you. But who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? There's a lot of the church world that's really probably never been born again. I used this scripture last week about Nicodemus. He was like Paul in the part that he was a learned man. And yet he saw something in Jesus that he went to see him. And said, I know you've got to be from God to be able to do what you do. And Jesus just told him. He just answered him and said, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That means go to heaven is what that means. See, it's easy to get away from our fundamental things. We've got to stay with them. Everybody can quote John three sixteen, For God so loved that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish but have eternal life. Well, yeah, that's a good verse. It's a true verse. But how real is that? In our lives, that's part of our foundation. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Now this is written by the former God-hater, Paul. He says, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Now he addressed that to a church that he would preached at. See, every one of us at one time were dead in our trespasses and sin. You were not born a Christian. It is a choice. Grandma can't do it for you. Your mama can't do it for you. I don't care if you were baptized as a baby. That doesn't count. That sets you apart maybe and we'll de- we dedicate babies. We'll pray for them. I like to do that. But they've got to make their choice. That's what Paul says. You were dead in your trespasses and sin in which you formerly walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power there or the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too, all formerly lived. Paul said, hey, that was me too. A Pharisee that could probably quote the first five or six books of the Bible and yet was killing Christians. He says, we too. He included himself. All formerly lived in the lust of the flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath even at as, as the rest you must be born again maybe somebody else would like to pop up and say yes i remember when i got saved i was born again you can be in church and not make you a christian you were in a barn you didn't turn into a horse i've got a brother that was i believe had perfect attendance in sunday school i believe it was for 13 years And later got saved. Being in church doesn't save you. It's a decision you have to make to be born again. And only the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, you show us where we're at in our walk, in our lives with you. The power of the cross. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal the cross to you. Let Him show you whether you're saved or lost. The cross is the wisdom and the power of God in a mystery. And only His Holy Spirit can reveal it. That Paul talks about, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. So, he's saying, there's got to be a time when you were born again. Do you remember Romans 6.3? Is a foundational scripture. You should have this marked. You should know it. How to find it. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into His death? Therefore we have buried with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. That says if you've been born again, you're walking in newness of life. Coming to church is not a chore. It's come to get charged up and go out because you're going to have to climb that mountain and there's some giants on that mountain don't want you to climb the mountain it's like a kid playing king on the mountain let me tell you there's some powers there that are against you they are against you because you represent an eternal God an everlasting God a kingdom you've got someone that lives within you that's an eternal being There's a turmoil. This Holy Spirit that lives within you continually. He prays for us. We're equipped. We're equipped. Why are we helpless? Well, we're not, but we act like it. We live like it. I can't do that. I can't afford that. I can't go there. I couldn't witness to them. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. Listen, when He died, you died. That old nature died, so you've got a new life in you. There's no excuses. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. Does He not live within you? Don't you want to proclaim him, walk with him. What about Galatians 6:14? These are all written by that Christian killer. See, God can change a life. Do you think he can't change yours? I see evidence that he has. I know he has. But if you think, you know, but may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Church, we're not nearly as crucified to the world as we ought to be. Lord, show us the ways That the world is controlling us. Paul said, I'm crucified to the world, and the world's crucified to me. It's not ruling me. My life's changed. I've got one, there's the goal, and I'm going with him. If he says left, I'm going left. If he says right, I'm going right. He said, I've been blessed. I've been cold. I've been in distress. I've been in danger. You know what he was doing? He was out proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was on a mission that God sent him. Let me tell you, you're on a mission. You're supposed to be on a mission for Christ. The, Jesus Christ's whole life was about, I've came to go to the cross. Is that that a great whoopee in the world today? No, it's not in the world, saying. But if it wasn't for that, we would have no hope in God. He was our Redeemer. It took Him doing that. He said, it's in Psalms and it's in Hebrews, Lord, I have come to do Your will. Do you remember, he He was with God. He had everything. And yet he gave it all up to come and live on earth for 33 years. Now that's a change. That, that, that would be a drag if you were the world's richest, most controlling person and you just became a lowly person. You wouldn't think about that. But God Almighty did. He did it for us. So we'd have life in us. So we can bring some others with us. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who? Remember His Holy Spirit. His crucifixion spirit is in you. And if we as a church lack power, we are lacking the crucifixion spirit because it has life. There's life. Scripture says, If the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your body by his spirit that lives in you. We've got life in us. Lord, we choose you. We choose you. The life of our Lord, the most remarkable feature, the mystery was His being crucified on the cross. He proved life had no purpose except to do God's will. That's why Jesus Christ... Listen, the cross demands our lives. When you get saved, maybe we didn't know it as a kid. I didn't understand it as I do now. But it's saying... We're saying, God save us. And a lot of that was, Lord, I don't want to go to hell. But it means, if you save me, I'll belong to you. My life's not my own, it belongs to someone else. Did he not pay a great price? He paid a great price. Lord, I bless you and thank you. And here's something else. Here's a verse a lot of people have forgotten. You you don't have it for the overhead. I think maybe it's not in some of the newer translations. It's Hebrews 10, 24, and it said, Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good needs, not forsaking our own assembling together as a habit of some, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. <clears throat> you know, we started out asking people when they came, if they wanted to be part of us to come and, make, and say, I want to be a part. And that uh, was a drag for a lot, and we had some do it. One of our first meetings, we were just first starting. One man said, uh, my family and I will be a part, and we'll be a tithing part of the family we'll give. You know, he really made a a statement. But society has changed, or maybe we just don't want to commit. So we've quit talking a lot about being a member, and we just kind of can't, if you hang out a while, we just figure you're, part of us but it takes commitment to Christ and some of you and most of you I know are committed here to help us I mean we're in covenant with Christ but we're in covenant with one another and most of you we've probably uh, sang a song over you and blessed you and if we hadn't Done that as far as you being a member, we'll do it this morning when we finish. Maybe we need to do that. Maybe we need to say, yes, I want to be a part. But I mean you can say it in your heart and that that that's what's really important. But I mean it it takes commitment in everything we do in life. I'm thankful for a wife's been committed to me for 65 years. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. November is a special month for us. Our anniversary, Angie was born in November. We left the traditional church about that time. We started about this time. I mean, it's just that's just the way God's arranged it. What about Hebrews 12:25? You want to hear God? Listen to this verse. See to it that you do not refuse Him who is speaking. For those did not escape when they refused Him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from Him who warns from heaven. And His voice shook the earth then. Listen, there's some shaking going on now. But it's not the shaking that it's talking about here. There is a bigger shaking coming sometime. But now he has promised saying yet once more I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens. Who are you going to cry out to then? Your banker? We better snuggle up to Jesus. This expression yet once more denotes the removing of things which can be shaken. Lord, separate us from those things that we need to be separated for. Yet once more denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken, as I've created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, <clears throat> tell someone, this kingdom's unshakable. There's no shaking in heaven. This Election did not slip up on God. He's wanting us to look to Him. Since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. Our God is a consuming fire. It's heaven or an eternal fire fire of damnation you must be born again Romans says I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ I'm not ashamed of the gospel it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who will believe one more passage I want to read but who wants to ascend to the hill of the Lord Luke 13, 22. Jesus was traveling one day, passing through a city, one city to another, teaching and proceeding on his way to Jerusalem. See, he knew where he was going. And someone said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? He said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door, you begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, open up to us. Then he will say, I do not know where you're from. I don't know you. How do you know your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life? How do you know? Do you remember godly conviction on your life? My grandfather, Klingen, Ira Klingen, was saved as a young married man. I don't know how long he'd been married. He drank, he smoked. Uh... He'd, I believe, been to church maybe and got under conviction. And it, they lived in Avent. And he was plowing. He was in the field. And he said he was just in turmoil about this God thing. And he said, across Bird Creek, there was an old preacher plowing. He said, I wanted to go over there, but I were wherever they were at, he was not able to cross. But he said, I wanted to go talk to him. But he got back to church and he got saved and they gathered around him that night and prayed for him to quit smoking. And he never smoked anymore. Time went on. He served the Lord some and then my growing up days, grandpa didn't go to church. And when we moved back to Oklahoma, we lived close enough, we'd go by and pick up grandma, and she'd go with us to church, but he didn't go. But uh, a few years later, and he became county commissioner in Washington County, and lived in Ramona. And Jess Dipmire was a Baptist preacher. And he came down there and... One day, he came to their house. And he really talked to him about coming back to church, getting right with God. And he said, what about these three grandsons you've got? You want them to follow you? And he gave it up and come back church and got real involved but through his life and I've been with him more than once to the beer joint at Avant. he'd drink a beer and he'd get me a seven up and I never saw him drunk but I guess he'd had a drinking habit and my grandmother said I don't know why that night when we prayed for him to quit smoking she said, I guess it just didn't cross my mind to tell him to pray about the drinking. But, I mean, there's things God will set you free from. I was in a meeting yesterday with a group of pastors, one man that's helping lead a church. He just talked about what a drinking habit he had. A case of beer and a I don't know if he said a pint or a quart of something every day. But he said one day, Jesus said, Stop. And he said, You know what? He said, I haven't had a drink since. I mean, who's going to climb the mountain of God? Somebody makes a difference. Rick Curry tells this story in his book about the uh, Herbides revival, which started in 19. 19- 1949, and went through 52, I believe. Those islands are a group of 500 islands off the coast of Scotland. And I, I mean, they, they changed the culture. And I want us to have a meeting that changes Skytook. I've been asking God, break my heart for Skytook. How do we win this, this region And it's bigger than Sky 2. But this meeting was going on, and there's a group from church because the pastor was involved. They met in the barn to pray, and a man got up (coughs) and read that scripture that we've been talking about this morning. Who will ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood. Or sworn deceitfully. He said, you know, it just seems kind of ho-hum to me. The way we're praying and looking at this. If we're not right with God and he said Lord do I have clean hands Lord do I have a pure heart and then he said he fell to his knees in a trance and the spirit of God just took over the meeting It's easy to talk about who's going to send to the hill of the Lord. But where do we stand before God? We want God to save the heathen, but God is trying to cleanse the church. He's going to cleanse the church. because we're His hands and feet. If it's going to get done, it'll get done through the church. We'll decree His kingdom. We'll we'll have bold witnesses. When God gets a hold of your life, you won't be ashamed to go talk to somebody else about God. First thing you might be is go repent to someone about a situation between you and them or something that's wrong. He's called us to stand before Him. You must be born again. You need to be baptized. You, you'll never live the Christian life without being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. He's in you, but does He have control of your life? That's, that's where we're at in Christianity. That's basic, fundamental Christianity. A disciple will want to do all those things. Because there's some things you used to could do or used to could go, but, you know, they just, you just wouldn't feel right about doing that now. There's people, they make plans and they have no idea of think or thought about asking God, is this a good idea? Listen, you don't know about what's going to happen tomorrow, much less next year. And yet we just plan apart from God. Lord, we welcome you. Let's just stand. Do you know this morning, if this was it, you're ready to face Him because you know you've been born again? If you've not, you need to be born again. You need to be saved. You need to be baptized. You need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be part of a church that's trying to do something for God. How's your hands today? Do we have pure hands? Do we have pure hearts? Can we stand before God like we are or do we need to repent first? The altars are open, just come. Holy Spirit, have your way. Church, does it not break your heart that we live in a place where a lot of people don't know God? They have no respect for God. He'll separate you from some people. And yet some people will be able to speak into their lives. And listen, if you've got the same sin that continually you've got to repent for every Sunday, you need help getting free from it and get delivered from it. There's more. When you're forgiven, you go another direction. Things change. If God's in your life, Holy Spirit, just come. Just let Jesus be Jesus this morning. Are you on the line for him? Are you willing to? Can he do with you anything he wants to? He really doesn't need your permission, but it'd be good if you'd tell him you want to join him. Church, cry out to God. Cry out to God. We've all got family we want to see come into the kingdom. Lord, we cry out to you for the lost, the unchurched. I pray for the lost in the church. I pray for those that everything else is more important than your kingdom. Lord, do a work in them. Lord, do a work in them. Lord, burden our hearts for this region. Lord, we bless you. I proclaim you're an eternal God. You're a loving God. But Lord, you've put us here for your purpose, not just for our purpose. Life's not supposed to be about us. It's about him. Lord I thank you I thank you I bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me I bless your holy name I pray you'll bring your burden to the Lord you'll bring those things in you that you know you need God to do a work in you. You'll come and let him do it today. We'll make a public declaration. We'll make a stand. He'll meet you. He'll join you. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. I give you praise. I give you honor. You are the God that's more than enough. Lord, I I choose to align my life with you. We choose to follow you, Lord. More, Lord, more. Hallelujah to you, Lord. Hallelujah. He is a God of holiness. He didn't He came to save us, but He came to change us. He didn't came to leave us that same miserable, grumpy person. He came to put His life in us. If His life's in you, it will show. If not, you'll come this morning. He'll meet you. If the Holy Spirit to draw you, just come to Jesus. The one that needs this message is not the one that's not here, it's us. Lord, I thank you for every person in our church family. I thank you. You need to make a commitment to be part of the group today. I can't tell you where we're going. I don't know. But I know who's going to lead us. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's the seated king of all kings. There's no panic in heaven bless you lord bless you bless you i just see the
1: lord really highlighting some people and i if you are comfortable with this uh uh, kyle and bob and melissa i i just really if you would come down i just if you're okay with us praying for you i just see the lord just really wanting to pour out on you all and bob you i've thought of you two or three times this week and I, i i know the lord's doing really a mighty work in you. I just wanna, come on, I just wanna lay hands on you. It's not me, but Lord, just pour out. I just see your hearts crying out to the Lord. Amen. Lord, just give them a a supernatural infilling that only you can give, Lord. They are crying out for you. They're desperate for you. They know that they're not gonna make it without you. Lord, Holy Spirit, fill them. Fill them with your power, Lord. Fill Bob. He's cried out for you this week. Fire of God, come upon them. Holy Spirit, come give them another big dose of you, Lord. You are in them. Your power of God is in them. Pour out upon them, Lord. Wreck Bob's family for you, Lord. We call them in, in Jesus' name. Come upon them in a mighty way, health and healing over them physically, mentally, Lord, for their families, Lord, outpouring on their families. God, you're, nothing is impossible. Lord, you can do it all, Lord. You can change. You can redirect. You can do whatever you want, Lord. Thank you, God, that you care about everything that's on their hearts, Lord. Bless them. Bless them.
0: how kind of that scripture I read about things that I hadn't seen or ear heard God has got more of that for you than you've got any thought about you have no idea what he's going to do in with you through your where He's going to take you it's all good amen he says he's ready. Come
1: on, Jackson. I know you want prayer, so come down here, and Rob's going to pray for you. Lord, we just lift up Jackson to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we cry out for our brother. I just, I just really pray a hedge of protection around your head. I don't even know what that's about, but, Lord, you just protect his mind from just anybody or Somebody anything else needs prayer. wanting just to come. steal from him, Lord Jesus the blood of Jesus is over him the blood of Jesus is over him he has the mind of Christ bless you Jesus bless you Lord Ellen Lord we lift up Ellen to you she always wants more we thank you for our sister it's not satisfied with just a little Lord, give her a lot. Give her a lot. Give her a lot. Give her all that you have for Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank Somebody
0: you, Lord. give Jesus praise. Thank you. Lord. He's worthy to be praised. We don't want the rocks to cry out. We for want to Lord, cry out. Give her what No king, king, king but Jesus. Says. Heal Paula. Lord, she needs touching her back. Lord, help her. Help her in Jesus' name. Debbie, pray for her back and legs Will you do it now or when we're finished or whatever. Any other words this morning?
2: I made a little observation about the times that we're in, and I think this is from Scripture. Um, You remember Joshua had to go into the promised land. He had to take it. You know how he took it? Little by little, he took it. That's speaking to us about our deliverance, like he was talking about our hands and our heart. We have an opportunity to get clean hands and a pure heart. That's what the Lord's doing with the church. Then I go to the New Testament with Paul, the apostle. He set his heart on going to Rome. He wanted to be... I think I'm not real sure about what it but anyway on the journey there the boat he was in crashed they had a shipwreck that's kind of where we are nationally I think we're shipwrecked right now but what did he do while he was there he had a lot of things people were healed he became a missionary to the island of Malta what do we got to be doing? See, God's got some things in the kingdom that we've got to get out and get busy. He evangelized. And he finally, they got the boat fished or got another boat, and he, he got to his destination. That's what I'm saying. Both of these gentlemen, Joshua and Paul the apostle, got to where God sent them. And he's going to get us where he's sending us. But there's things that we have to see that we're responsible for. And the first thing, like Gerald said, I think, is the deliverance of our own self. You know, if we're not secure and know in our heart that we could stand before God without condemnation, without fear... You know, and knowing that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit is guiding us. If we can't do that, we need help. And don't be ashamed to ask for help. If you got, like his grandpa had these things hanging on to him. But I'm telling you, the Lord will set you free. You just got to ask him and be sincere and, and he'll set you free and you'll get to the goal that he's got for you. Everybody in here has a purpose. And if you don't know what your purpose is, pray and ask God and ask pastor or somebody that has some spiritual discernment. And we can help you find the way to go. But I, I just felt like that's kind of where we are. It's not over till it's over. And now what Rick Curry said, I think he said, it's not over till It's over. Or something
0: to that. Are we finished?
3: So for the past three months, I've been living what most people would deem horrible. Um, this guy came to me about a month before it all started and, and started showing me support. And I just want to thank every one of you all in here for helping me get towards the Lord and making things, probably now, the best they've been in my life. I mean, out of the 22 years that I've been married, it, I've, I've never been happier than I am now. I know that kind of sounds odd, you know, with, with what I'm going through, but my kids are, are thriving. Everybody that, that meets them and, you know, in school and stuff, like Brayden, unbelievable, the changes that have happened to him in the last three months that's my that's the, my autistic son that comes in here like there he had a, a drawing the other day that he brought to the house and so I even asked him I so said, who colored that for you and he said I did No, who 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 colored it I did dad and it's like who who helped you color it I did it with colored pencils and like he stayed in the lines and and it was like th- that's not him but it is now you know and, uh, and Evan, you know, Evan loves being here with you guys. And you know, on Sundays, unfortunately, he's with his mother for now. But Wednesdays, he pushes me to make sure that we're here. And, and I just want to thank every one of you for helping us get to the Lord. It means a lot.
0: That's what it's about. Somebody helped us. There's a lot of them helped me. Lord, we thank you. We give you the praise, the honor, the glory. Lord, I love my church family. Lord, we love you. I speak blessings over it now. As we go out to be the church outside these walls, in Jesus' name, just on this Wednesday night, amen.